a good move. Why don't you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Hello, hello. Welcome to Dancing is Forbidden, an Aqua Teen Hunger Force exploration. I am Ronnie. I am watching through these episodes. And today we're going to be talking about season one, episode two, Escape from Leprechopolis. Flip flops? What is this? All right. I hope you guys have had a good week since the last time we talked. Um, Yeah. Been combing through this episode. Truthfully, I think one of the weaker Aqua Teen episodes, but as with the last episode that we did, diving into these episodes really makes me appreciate them more. So it makes me glad I'm doing this because I'm getting appreciation for episodes that normally I would have written off and probably not watched as much. But yeah, before we get into the history around the time that this episode came out, I just want to give a quick thanks to all my buddies, my friends, my fiance for supporting the show. Uh, so far, all I really did was post on Twitter, which I'm not super familiar with. And the response there was really cool. I really appreciate everybody that liked the post, uh, retweeted it, all that stuff. Very, very cool. Very surprised to see so many young Aqua Teen fans. Quite honestly, I didn't think this show was popular with younger people, but I was proven wrong based on how many young kids I saw. Uh, liking this and retweeting it. So super cool to see that the show is still reaching like all sorts of people. And you know, the show does get really inappropriate and some episodes did not age well. So I'm interested to tackle those episodes and, you know, to see the response to those episodes. But anyways, yeah, I just want to give a quick thanks for all the cool peeps giving me support, especially thanks to my buddy Tyler for kind of giving me some feedback on like the artwork and stuff. I forgot to shout him out on the last episode. But yeah, enough of that. Just wanted to give some quick appreciation. Let's talk about this episode. Okay, so as I mentioned in the previous episode, Escape from Leprechopolis aired September 9th, 2001, which is a week before Rabot formally aired. Now, Rabot was stealth aired in December of 2000. And like a dummy, I forgot to even like explain what stealth air meant in the previous episode. So basically, Rabot w- was aired in a rougher state at 5 a.m. with a few other Adult Swim cartoons with zero advertising for it. It was listed as special programming. So nobody knew this was coming on, right? So after that, nine months later, the show formally was aired and this being the first airing of it on September 9th, 2001. Making it again, I know I said it a thousand times in the first episode, but this was the first formal episode to air, even though it is the second production-wise. This episode, like Rabot and most of the early episodes, was PGL for language. So yeah, September 9th, obviously two days before September 11th, Adult Swim also launching this month, so right before shit hits the fan. So yeah, in terms of pop culture, The Musketeer was the highest grossing film this week. Again, not a film I'm familiar with, but it only has a 4.8 on IMDb and 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, so probably a reason I haven't seen it. The movie Rockstar came out this week as well. It wasn't the highest performing movie, but Zach Wilde was featured in it, who does go on to appear in Aqua Teen Hunger Force in season two and really surprising to me 
I found out that Zach Wilde is currently only 54 years old. I thought he was much older than that for some reason. In 2007, I think it was, I went with my girlfriend at the time and her stepmom to see like an Ozzy concert and Zach Wilde was playing with them. I just remember seeing so many uh, topless women on the screen. It was very uncomfortable when I'm with my 13-year-old girlfriend and her stepmom. I was also 13 at the time. That sounds weird without that context. Anyways, musically going on from September 7th to 10th, we had Michael Jackson's uh, 30-year anniversary special tribute concert, which was held at Madison Square Garden. All sorts of performers either covering his songs, playing their own hits. All I can say to this is Shimon. The Billboard Hot 100 number one song that week, uh, same as the previous episode that we did. It is I'm Real Murder Remix by J-Lo and Ja Rule. I'm not going to play it again because I played it last episode. Uh, pretty cool sounding song. The Billboard Hot 200 number one album that week was... Aaliyah's self-titled album selling over 305,000 units on the Black Ground label. Uh, sadly, Aaliyah's final album as she passed away at the age of 22 just a few weeks before this album came out. I'm not super familiar with this kind of music, but I definitely know Aaliyah's name and just super tragic. My understanding was she was like one of the top dogs in this in this genre and just passed away so young. I guess at 15, she was also married to R. Kelly, which he was like 30 at the time. So I'll just leave that there. Not a big album, but a critically acclaimed album. The Microphones released The Glow Part 2 on K Records. Not really familiar with it, but I was kind of looking up music around this time and sounds pretty good. Definitely something I need to look into a little bit further, I guess. So yeah, that's it with with our history around this time. Let's 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 see what these aqua teens are up to. As we do this season, we open to a Doctor Weird skit at the South Jersey Shore. As with most of these early episodes, the Dr. Weird skit directly impacts the Aqua Teen episode. So I'm just going to play the clip and then I'll go back and explain it. There's some visual elements to this one, but uh, we'll get through it together, okay? You don't, don't freak out. I'll explain everything. Gentlemen, I have created this thing. <laughs> What is it? I don't know! Stand over here! Yeah, you mean right here. It works! I am one can short of a six-pack! The lights! Who is that? Who's here? That thing I created! It's gone! <laughs> Who could have penetrated my impenetrable fortress? <laughs> my hair heater! Okay, so a lot going on. Basically... Dr. Weird, of course, proclaims, gentlemen, I have created this thing, which is, it's called the Rainbow Maker 400, which is written in pink font. It's a big piece of machinery with a rainbow coming out of it. 
I would like to mention the chrome side pipes on this thing, which is like really, really hilarious to me because growing up, we grew up poor, but like for some reason, my dad had this nice Corvette, which I don't think it worked. He never drove it, so I don't think it worked. But yeah, it was always just sitting there and had these cool chrome side pipes. So like growing up as a kid, I thought side pipes were the coolest fucking thing. So seeing this is just really funny that Dr. Weird thought to put side pipes on it. So yeah, uh, Dr. Weird proclaims that he doesn't know what it is, even though it's, it, you know, it's labeled Rainbow Maker 400. I think he does know because he tells Steve, stand over here. We see a part of the lab that I don't think we ever see again. It, there's just random machinery in the background. Uh, it's most likely an image from a different show like SWAT Cats, which they borrowed from a lot in this show. Anyways, so Steve stands where, where Dr. Weird instructs him to, and then he is sucked up by a rainbow and thrown out of the building, which doesn't really make sense because the Rainbow Maker is in the building. Like Throughout the episode, you get the impression that the, the Rainbow Maker can pull people towards it, essentially. But like a rain, like it's in the building, but there's a rainbow coming from the sky into the building too that pulls out Steve. It doesn't really make sense. I realize I'm just overanalyzing at this point. Anyways, yeah, Dr. Weird proclaims it works. Uh, he's one can short of a six pack. I don't get that joke. Maybe someone can explain that to me. And then after that, which you, you would assume would be the end, but then the lights go out and you see something carrying the rainbow maker away because it's shooting the rainbow out. So you see this and it's clearly someone short. We find out, you know, obviously it was one of the leprechauns. Uh, the lights turn back on, and then Dr. Weird proclaims, that thing I created, it's gone. Who could have penetrated my impenetrable fortress? Well, we see, of course, the giant rabbit-sized, or rather shaped hole in the wall. So the leprechaun snuck in through the hole, took the rainbow machine, and then snuck back out. You also see the rainbow in the distance, like going through the SWAT cat city background uh, beyond the hole, which is funny too. So when we see the outside of Dr. Weird's lab the i think it's called the bell isle asylum from johnny quest uh it's like a a castle on a, a mountaintop or a rock or something but then out the hole from but then out of the rabbit hole we see there's like a city around it so it doesn't really make sense like geographically where this is which is of course just funny anyways yeah so we see the rainbow maker being taken away and then Dr. Weird's hair just sets on fire, <laughs> which is just so completely fucking random. And he just proclaims, my hair heater. And yeah, that wraps up that sketch. Again, directly bringing us into this episode of Aqua Teen. So after the theme song, the intro song, we open to the Aqua Teen's old 3D house. In this episode, we do change to the modern style of their home, at least the back of it. But yeah, for this early shot, we just get their old 3D looking house this time we can see inside of it you can also see how very very tall the fence in their backyard is it's like almost as tall as the house it's pretty crazy crazy tall so yeah we we see the outside of the house and we get an interior shot and shake is picking on meatwad while frylock is in his room with the door closed on his computer and while shake is picking on meatwad frylock starts to get an email Find out what kind of acid dissolves meat. No, don't dissolve. Yes, Meatwad, that's what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. Frylock, look it up on the internet. Shut up, Meatwad. Go down to the park and step into the rainbow and you'll be rich with gold. Forward this to 20 people or we will burn your brain from the inside. Go down to the damn park. Man, who would be stupid enough to check this out? Okay, so this episode already kind of getting us into the action quicker than Rabot did. We see 
shaking Meatwad, and Meatwad looks kind of extra derpy in this episode. He does look more like a wad than a ball. Shaking Meatwad in the hallway outside Frylock's door, we see it's just all wood paneling, and then we see the first glimpse of Frylock's room, which all we really see are his books and his computer desk and his monitor and keyboard. So we don't see his full room yet. We don't see his giant computer, but we see some of it. But yeah, Frylock gets an email telling him to go to the park to get free gold and it tells him to like forward the email to people. And really interesting in the Aqua Scene Hunger Force world, emails are shown being written in real time, I think. Like you see this in other episodes too when they're using like instant messengers. Like as you're typing, it shows up on the other person's screen in real time. Obviously, this seems like a device just to like not overwhelm the viewer with a ton of text at once. And it allows, you know, Frylock to read it along as it comes in. Yeah, I always found that really interesting how you see you see their emails being written in real time. But what's weird is there is like a send button. So it's like, well, why would you send it if people can see you typing it as you type it? I suppose maybe it isn't in real time. For some reason, the email just loads like one word at a time or something. I don't know. It's just, it's just something I always thought was funny. Anyways, yeah. Frylock says, who's dumb enough to fall for this? And we cut instantly to the next scene, seeing who is dumb enough to fall for it. Carl is waiting at the park. All right, I'm going to give this rainbow thing another five minutes. And if it don't show up quick, then I am going down to the store and get a Hot Rod magazine. Because they got them chicks with the boobs on there. We see Carl standing in like a very plain looking like forest area. And then towards the end of the clip, you hear the audio kind of get quieter and like sinister music come in. It's because we see Carl being watched through binoculars. We assume it's whoever emailed him about going there. Interesting that Carl got this email. I don't think we ever see a computer at Carl's house, but maybe I'm wrong. I guess we'll find out. If he works from the home, then it makes sense that he would have a computer if, if, if this is true anyways. But yeah, Carl says like, it doesn't work out. I'm going to go get a hot rod magazine because they got girls with big boobs on there, which is a lot softer, I guess, and more kiddy than they would eventually get because... It's just like, well, why wouldn't he just get a porn magazine if he wants to see big boobs, you know? And eventually he does have his like porn magazines and tapes and all that kind of stuff. But again, Adult Swim just came out this month. They are on Cartoon Network, so it makes sense that they wouldn't be super inappropriate out the gate. But yeah, while Carl is just waiting here, we see who is spying on him through the binoculars. Excellent. Another victim falls free to my brilliant email plan. Bargain. Soon, we will have enough treasure Bargain. to rule all of New Jersey. Bargain, he doesn't really look like he has any money <laughs> or a job or a wallet. Well, I I'm sure he has on decent tennis shoes. He doesn't even have pockets. Look, he's wearing sweatpants. Dingle! Engage the rainbow machine! All right, so we get a pan over of a very dense background filled with a lot of loot, all the things that these leprechauns have stolen. We see the three leprechauns with the Rainbow Maker 400. We have Flargan, who is like an older looking leprechaun. He was played by Scott Hilly, who passed away, unfortunately, in 2015. Scott also did the voice of the Reverend for almost 10 years on Squidbillies, which of course was also created by Dave Willis. We see Merle, who is like a younger looking leprechaun, who is voiced by Andy Merrill, who goes on to voice Oglethorpe the alien, who we will see this season and who reappears a lot. He was also the voice of Brack. And I saw that he was on a show called Welcome to the Wayne, 
which also featured Dave Willis, Carrie Means, and Dana Snyder on voice acting at various points. Now, this is a Cartoon Network show. It's a kid's show, but I'm very interested in it that it, it had all three of the Aqua Teen voice actors as well as, you know, these auxiliary characters, actors as well. So it's definitely something I kind of want to check out for this show, watch an episode and maybe talk about it. I don't know if there's an episode with all these voice actors together, but we'll see what we can find when we get to it. Anyways, we also see the third leprechaun, Dingle, who is like <laughs> kind of slutty and sexy looking. It's a man, but he's like very confident in himself, it seems. What's interesting is he only says feet and no feet in this episode. So on IMDb, voice actor Jonathan Lipow is credited as, as being in this episode, but it doesn't say who. And in this episode's credits, like on the DVD, his name is not there, but so I looked into Jonathan a little bit more and he does a lot of video game voice acting. He was most recently in Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, and Spider-Man Miles Morales. It makes me wonder if like he's the one saying feet and no feet and these are just voice lines taken from a game, which would make sense. That's just my hypothesis. I would... <laughs> I, I never really had any questions for the creators of the show until now. Now I'm kind of wondering like if that's what this is about. Um, or somebody just added this guy on IMDb for no reason. I don't know. Um, but what kind of makes me think that this could be the case is that there are a lot of voice actors on the show who were not credited on the DVD or were credited by false names on purpose, of course. So yeah, I really, I really don't know. But yeah, so we see these three leprechauns. They clearly... We have a uh, kind of a Dr. Weird Steve situation here with Flargan and Merle because Flargan is like, yes, this is perfect. And, and Merle is like, I don't know about this. This doesn't really, doesn't really seem worth it to us. Yeah, they've gotten a lot of loot, but nothing really valuable, it seems, if they're still there doing this. Although I do see a lot of women's purses in the background. So you'd think that would have some value. But yeah, so they, they have... Dingle engages the machine. He turns it on and it sucks Carl up and brings him over to them. Yeah! Here come the gold. Oh, look at this now. I don't see crap in there. I know this game. This is how they get you. Oh. Yes, Hatman! Oh. This is how we get you. Hey there. Where's the gold there? Flip-flops? What is this? What did I say? No money, no job, no taste. How you doing there, Bozo? <laughs> Give me the gold. Oh, Jesus. Next time Don't you come to the park, fat man. So, yeah, Carl is brought deep into the woods where they basically insult him, say he has no taste, call him poor, and then they just start beating the shit out of him. The whole time, you know, Carl's attitude here is a little reserved compared to what he eventually gets to. But, yeah, that scene ends with a fade out. We see, like, the forest from a distance and a giant rainbow sticking out of it. And then we cut over to the Aqua Teens hanging out in Carl's pool. We're finally getting the normal background assets that we're used to in the show with Carl's pool looking like it normally does for the most part. Not like a bad clip art pool like from Rabot. Frylock and Meatwad. Finally, Meatwad gets to be in the pool and he is very excited about it. Shoo, this sure is relaxing, Frylock. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Master Shake said it would dissolve me, and then I would get clogged in the filter, and then beavers would come and eat me. But that hadn't happened yet. Get ready. Oh, cool. I'm about to cannonball! <gasps> what is this? 
Meatwad's here just explaining how Master Shake was wrong for not letting him in the pool, just having a great time. And then Shake comes up and is not happy that Meatwad is in there. I also would like to point out that Carl's house now is looking kind of dirty, looking a little grimy as opposed to the Rabot house that we saw. His house was like pristine looking. Now it's it's still nice, but it's not perfect anymore. So yeah, let, let's see Shake's reaction to Meatwad being in his pool, apparently. Hi, Master Sir. Meatwad, what are you doing in my pool? <laughs> Look, I'm a meat burrow. Yes, well, you should have a brain that's just a cavity that keeps you afloat. Isn't that something to be very proud of? Look, I have a brain. I took it out so it wouldn't get well. Yeah, man, he took his brain out. It's cool. Well, yeah, but... But wait, you don't want the werewolf to see you swimming. He he will get jealous. <laughs> now you saw... Oh no! What's this down here? No! <laughs> okay, so of course Shake just comes up. He's a total asshole, and then just scares Meatwad out of the pool. And Meatwad goes running away after Shake dons a werewolf mask. So then, following that, Shake is very pleased with himself. Jumps in the pool. Frylock is not happy with him, and then. Carl comes flying through the sky and lands on his roof, of course, with his hands on his hips, exactly like he did in the Rabot episode, which I just love. So that's two episodes in a row now. We're two for two of Carl getting thrown on his roof. And he kind of explains to them what happened. And during this scene, we see Meatwad just kind of like creeping in closer to them with a smile on his face, but there's really no payoff for it. So I'm not sure if they were planning to do a joke or what. But yeah, Meatwad comes back. He doesn't have any lines, but he just comes back with a smile on his face and slowly gets closer and closer. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> You're really sick, Shake. You know that? I am the Lord of Illusions. <laughs> Whoa. Ouch. Carl, you all right? Oh, my ribs. What happened? I got this email to go to the park and step inside the rainbow and I get some gold. Gold? Come on! Let's go get the gold. Wait, I got that same email, Carl. Yeah, well, don't go, okay? Because that rainbow threw me all over the place, and then some little guy kicked my head in and took my chain. And then you got the gold. So where's the gold? Where is it? You know what, Jake? Do go. You'll have fun. Hmm. It sounds like some sort of internet pyramid mugging scheme. Oh, no. So what you're saying is that this is a mystery, and we gotta go solve it, right? I scheduled this day off over two weeks ago. I made a memo. <laughs> Shake, we need to go down to the park and find out what's going on. Uh, this is... Wait, you said the park? I have a plan. Aqua Teen Hunger Force, assemble! I love the way that Shake is just, oh, ouch. When he sees Carl thrown from the sky onto his roof, and then he falls off the roof onto the ground. So yeah, Carl explains what happens. Shake is just hearing what he wants to hear. He's hearing that like, oh, there's gold. And I love Carl just kind of stops telling him and he's just like, you go, have fun, which is a great kind of reoccurring attitude and joke on the show where characters are always telling other characters to go into dangerous situations. Except here, Carl is fully explaining like the perils of what happened and Shake doesn't care. But like in future episodes, they usually make it out to be not bad to seem tough or mess with the other person. For example, like the Broodwitch episode, Shake is talking about how 
cool it was there and he gets meatwad to go who also says it was cool so then shake goes back even though it was not cool anyways yeah we see the crime solving element reappear shake doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to solve crime he put in a memo two weeks ago this was supposed to be his day off even though it seems like they have most days off that you know there's not a crime every single day that they have to investigate and he's not really doing anything he's just he's just kind of picking on meatwad so i don't really understand why he needs the day off for that so as the last episode frylock is like, nah, we got to investigate this. We have to figure out what's going on here. And Shake proclaims that he knows how to deal with this at the park. He knows what needs to be done. We get a schoolie D cut, which we don't get as many in this episode as we did in the last episode. But he says, watch out, y'all. Shake out a plan to deal with all you perpetrators. And we cut to the park. And Meatwad is sitting on a bench in like a suit. He's like shoved into this suit. It's really disgusting looking. The suit is just covered in grease. And there's a megaphone sticking out of his head, which Shake has the microphone to, and he's trying to like entice women to come over. <laughs> Just a total misdirection, makes no sense, but it's hilarious and really aligns with Shake's personality. He's trying, he's trying to get chicks, man. And Meatwad is not having it. He does not like it. Hey, Broad, let's date. Come look behind the trees, sweetie baby. <laughs> Come get the things I bought for you. Wow, they're nice. What kind of a plan is this? You're absolutely right. There's no girls here at all. I don't understand it. We should have gone to the dry cleaners. Chicks love to clean. Chicks? <laughs> We're here to solve a mystery, Shake. I know. The mystery of where the women are, right? Come on, baby. Come behind the tree and get some sugar. I'm starting to get a cramp. You do not move or say anything. You're scaring away all the babes with your fluids and diseases. <laughs> Look, I want to go back to Bowser. I like being a man. Well, you're never going to be a man with the way you act. So yeah, just disgusting with Meatwad sitting there covered in grease. Pieces of meat are like falling out of the sleeves too. It's just really gross. But just hilarious that Shake thinks this is going to attract women. He is trying to solve the mystery of where the chicks are at, and I believe that there hasn't been a woman shown on the show yet. So, kind of a valid mystery. I guess we haven't seen a single woman yet. Really funny, the the microphone that Shake is holding is like super low resolution. <laughs> it's really bizarre. does not fit in at all, but I guess this show is just packed with different art styles, like, you know, what really does fit. But yeah, poor Meatwad does not like this. He wants to go back to ball shape. He doesn't like being a man. And towards the end of that clip, we... Start to see the Aqua Teens through a pair of binoculars. Again, the leprechauns spying on them. What in the hell is that? You know, this whole plan is just attracting a bunch of goobers. What do their shoes look like? Seems kind of stupid doing this whole thing for shoes. It's not just for shoes. It's, it's, it's for what? This bananarama tape with no case? <laughs> we really scored big on that one, didn't we, buddy? You! Uh, uh, shut up! Just, just turn on the machine! Feet! This whole thing is for shoes, and Dingle keeps saying feet and no feet. I wonder if there's supposed to be a relation there. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, more more arguing between Flargan and Merle, and then Flargan just instructs Dingle to turn on the Rainbow Maker 400, which he does. The Rainbow takes Shake, who I'd like to add, when he's in the Rainbow, his hands are missing. Like, So it's just his cup, no hands. Uh, takes Shake, and Meatwad actually isn't upset about it. I wonder why. Look, that's the rainbow from Carl's email. You're right, Shake. Good work. Go! I'm rich! <laughs> Shake, no! What just happened? That rainbow just took Shake away. Really? That is awful. Let's go get some ice cream. Wait, Meatwad. We need to find him. And when we find Shake, we'll find our culprits. Oh, we could just get a new roommate. 
Look, you go find him. He don't yell at you. All I ever try to do is make him smile and sing around him and dance around him and he just lays into me. He told me to get in the freezer because there was a carnival in there. I wasn't no carnival. It was a damn freezer. I got freezer burn. I got most up against a chicken. Hang on, hang on a second, Miguad. My Fridar is picking up some very small brain activity. <laughs> Great, he's alive. Damn it. <laughs> Just feel really bad for Meatwad here. Like, he's happy that Shake is gone. Frylock being a good guy is like, no, we got to go get him. So while, while, while Meatwad is explaining why he doesn't like Shake, Frylock's Frydar pops up again. Again, something I don't think we really see later. But both in this episode and in Rabot, it kind of pops up during like a mundane moment, which is kind of funny. Like, Frylock just kind of doesn't care what's going on. <laughs> and he just wants to progress the storyline a little bit. While they were conversing, we could see Miwad is now out of the suit and it's just, you know, covered in grease. It's kind of a reoccurring theme on the show is all three of the characters trying to dress either themselves or each other up as humans, like to accomplish something, but it never looks realistic at all. So it's just always a good time. Anyways, we cut deep into the forest where Shake is being his normal asshole self and kind of giving these guys a rough time. Get away from that. I call that one, that pile, mine as well. No feet. Yeah, that's right, ass. No feet. What is this? A frisbee? Get away from our precious treasure. You call this frisbee treasure? It's bent. This is crap. <laughs> Where's the gold? Good question. I told you we needed to be doing this in Antwerp, Flargan. At least they have diamonds. Well, Mel, you know you don't have to be part of this plan. Yeah, but I'm the only one that looks normal enough to go into town and buy us food. <laughs> Isn't that right? Normal? You're not even Irish! Look, I told you when we met that I was not a leprechaun, that I was from Rhode Island, and that I was half Korean, <laughs> and you said it didn't matter. You're both yo-yos. Shut up, you yo-yos. Get rid of him! Look here, Gnome. I'll save you the trouble. Screw this. I'm out of here. Just a lot of infighting here. Kind of perpetrated by Shake too, because he's just kind of giving them a hard time. Shake's pointing out how all the stuff they have sucks, and Merle knows it. Kind of sad when Merle's like, I'm the only one that can go into town and buy us food. I don't know why. That just always made me kind of bummed out. Um, yeah, Merle reveals he is not a leprechaun, but he's from Rhode Island. And that he's half Korean and that Flargan said it didn't matter, which Merle doesn't look Korean at all. He looks completely like a leprechaun. So it's just one of my favorite jokes from the show, honestly. Overall, I don't think the episode is super strong compared to other episodes, but I just love that joke so much. Shake also calls them yo-yos, which I don't really get that reference either. Maybe someone could clue me in on that as well. But yeah, just a lot of infighting and then Frylock and Meatwad eventually meet up. Shake, we found you. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> Wait, are those roller skates? Those are roller skates! Let's go. They don't have nothing. It's like a flea market threw up in there. Look, a banana ramata. That's mine. Drop it where you are. Love Meatwad. Yes, that's amazing. Like, just so unhappy they found Shake. And then great moment when Meatwad is happy about the banana ramata tape. And before Shake was calling it garbage, but now he's like, don't touch it. That's mine. So yeah, the background in this episode really does a lot of work kind of telling the story because it's mostly garbage in there. For example, we see, we, like I said, we see, we see purses, which I guess is probably nice, but then we see a slinky, a basketball, a boomerang, a studded belt, melted ice cream cone, a wig, amongst a bunch of other kind of just garbage. Like Shake said, it looks like a, 
I think you said like a garage sale threw up or something like that. It's just kind of garbage. The background artists on this episode were Bob Pettit, uh, who also did the interior mall background in the previous episode. And Bob worked on almost every episode of the show. And he worked on a ton of C-Lab, Squidbillies, and Space Ghost episodes. So really great work here. The other background artist was John Schnepp, who only worked on Aqua Teen until 2002. He did go on to work on Metalocalypse as a character designer. But yeah, the background here, really well done. And it really elevates the story, I feel like, as opposed to most Aqua Teen episodes, that's not always the case in terms of the background being so important. Anyways, Frylock confronts these guys. Meatwad is just excited the whole time about all the stuff that he can take. The leprechauns try and attack Frylock, but he just like decimates them. They're no contest for him. As opposed to the previous episode where he couldn't do anything about the robot. In this episode, he just kicks the shit out of these guys like effortlessly. So you're the one sending all these emails with this laptop. Oh, that's a free memo. And then you're using this rainbow machine to mug people. They are. That's right. They are. <laughs> That's why I got here first. Now you know too much. Turn on the machine. <laughs> you broke it. Prepare <laughs> to die. Yeah, Frylock just blows everything up. Easy peasy. Of course, Shake tries to take credit. Oh, yeah. Of course, I knew that. That's why I got here first. Just classic Shake asshole behavior. Upon seeing Frylock's strength, the leprechauns are now denying that they did anything. Look, we did not do it. We had nothing to do with that it. That machine was here when we got here. In <laughs> fact, what happened? Stow it, Pee-wee. <laughs> I heard it all before. Just save it for the judge. Be is that gold? It is gold. Shake tells them he's heard it all before, but then he sees Carl's gold chain in the pile of, of items collected. Really funny because it it is glittering and it makes like a noise. There's a noise cue to it, which really reminds me of a video game. You know, if there's like an item you're supposed to get, it'll maybe be glowing or making a noise or something. It just really reminded me of that. Really out of place, but I think really funny. So, of course, Shake gets distracted by that. And he, even though he's dealing with these criminals, he just runs away to get the gold. As he runs off, Meatwad gives a very, very sweet and beautiful speech. And at this point, he is now standing on roller skates. You don't need a machine to make a rainbow. For rainbows are made of happy thoughts, and dreams, and chocolate unicorns, and gumdrops, and licorice sunsets, and fuzzy gumdrop bells, and sugar-coated chocolate gumdrop land. No way in hell. <laughs> so, yeah, as Meatwad is giving this speech, all sorts of creatures and animals enter the scene. So first Dingle comes in, then a hawk swoops through, a giraffe comes in, a shark comes in, lobster, some sort of yeti creature walks in the background, then a bear on a motorcycle with a helmet flies through while another bear steps in. Then a robot flies down from the sky. And then last but not least, the shark falls over. So this shark is actually known as Old Kentucky Shark from the Space Ghost Coast to Coast show. Uh, featured in the episode Kentucky Nightmare. It's also appeared on C-Lab 2021 and was a main character in Matt Malero's show 12 Ounce Mouse. So this this shark has really, really gotten around, been on a lot of very big adult swim shows. Uh, of course, it is borrowed from an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon. I couldn't find which one, but yeah. If you've seen other adult swim shows, there's a 
big possibility you've seen this shark. And of course, all the all the animals are of a different art style typically, or you can see how they were cut out from something else. Just very funny, very low res, but it works. And then to quickly end the scene, Shake just says, no way in hell. Shake does not believe in the rainbow like Meatwad suggests, but the leprechauns really ate it up. They're really interested in this idea that all you have to do is believe in the rainbow and it will come true. All we need to do is dream, and a rainbow will come out and capture people, and we can take their stuff! <laughs> what? I mean, in theory, because we didn't do it. I Wait mean... a second. Did you say you didn't do it? Because <laughs> that's all I need to hear. Come on. They didn't do it. What about all this treasure, and the laptop, and the emails, and the rainbow machine? Well, what about this chain? What about it? Look, it's glinting in the sunlight. <laughs> the leprechauns admit that they did it, but then say that they didn't do it. Shake believes them, even though they are already telling him that they didn't do it. But I think now that he has the chain, he just doesn't care anymore. He just wants to go. So he's like, look, they didn't do it. Despite all the overwhelming evidence and the fact that they have admitted to it, they saw it happen. But yeah, Shake ends up blinding Frylock with his, or rather Carl's chain, which is wonderfully draped around his straw. It's just hanging off his straw on his head. But yeah, with the chain, he casts a glare into Frylock's eyes, which allows the leprechauns to run away. Run! Wait a minute. Oh, great. Now they're gone, Shake. Yes, they escaped because you were trying to frame them. <laughs> so we need to get back so I can get this baby polished up before the nightclub's open. Come on. We're done. So I can't help but get like flashbacks to uh, a couple years ago. When Trump was president, this was the kind of logic I remember hearing. It's like, yeah, they escaped. You were trying to frame them. <laughs> didn't you hear them? They didn't do it. <laughs> just really, really funny. But yeah, yeah. Shakes is like, all right, well, let's go. We, it, it, we're done here. And you see Meatwad glide along on his rollerblades. Very cute. We then get another Schoolie D transition saying, that's what y'all get when y'all mess with the Aqua Teens. Then Meatwad dancing over like, their background that you see in the show's intro. So yeah, we come back. We're at Carl's pool, and they're filling Carl in on what has happened. Oh, good, you're back. Tell me you got those little green guys. Carl, those green guys? Turns out they didn't do it. <laughs> oh, really? And so this will remain one of the great unsolved mysteries of our time. Wonderful. While we're on the topic... What's that around your little straw thing there? Dangling <laughs> like it's yours. Oh, you like it? It's new. Yeah, I do like it. I liked it when I bought it. Then maybe you can answer this for me. Is it real gold because it's leaving like a little greenish streak on my lid? Awesome back and forth between Shake and Carl. Shake tells him they didn't do it, even though Carl got personally beat up by them. They threw him back to his house, to his roof. Like, he knows for a fact they did it, but... He's not really putting up much of a fight. He's wondering why Shake has his chain dangling over his little straw thing there like it's his. Shake doesn't really deny that it's Carl's. He just says it's his and it's new. And then uh, Meatwad starts shushing them. He is trying to summon the rainbow, which he does successfully. And it rips Carl's house off of the foundation <laughs> and takes it away. I'm trying to sleep so that the real rainbow will come and sleep. Wow. Oh, good. 
gotta go. See you later. I don't think I've talked about it yet. Carl's house does have a for sale sign outside of it, and it makes sense why he wants to move, but no one's buying that place. I just love Carl's, oh good, once this house gets ripped away. <laughs> just such a great response. So we cut back to the leprechauns in the forest. No surprise, it was them taking it. And in a great karmic event, the house falls on them and crushes them. Oh, the dream house we've always dreamed about. No feet. Hang on. No feet. Bargain, where's it going to land? <laughs> you heard him. You did, did it. Did. And then, yeah, we end with Carl chasing Shake saying, you're dead. Shake saying, I, I didn't do it. He did it. Uh, referring to Meatwad. Which is true. Shake didn't actually do anything. It's not It's not his fault that the house got ripped away. The only thing he's guilty of is keeping Carl's chain. And, you know, it wasn't really Meatwad's fault either because these guys just used the Rainbow Maker 400, even though Frylock destroyed it. So it's kind of funny that it's just back and functioning again. You know, in retrospect, it kind of is Shake's fault because it's because of him that the Leprechauns got away. So if he if they actually captured them, then Carl's house would still be there. But Carl doesn't know that. Anyways, yeah, that's Escape from Leprechaunopolis. Of course, there is no Leprechaunopolis, which is funny. They don't escape from anything. <laughs> so just a kind of a nonsensical name. Overall, I rate this episode three feet out of five. It's it's not bad. You know, there's some great dialogue here, but still not the golden era of the show. Still finding its roots. Now, you may be wondering, all right, we're done talking about the episode. Why is there so much more time left on this podcast? Well, on the season one DVD... There are four alternate takes from this episode, and the animation is a lot rougher, but that's fine. We're not going to be really talking about the animation. What's interesting here is there's some longer extended scenes, and you kind of see how the episode shaped up, and we see where they got certain ideas, which in the context of these alternate takes, some of their actions actually make a little bit more sense. Overall, I think it's good that they weren't included, because the episode would have been too long, first of all. But yeah, let's, let's jump into some of those. So the first alternate take we're going over is the beginning of the episode. We get a lot more backstory here. Basically, Frylock is in his room with the door closed because he's talking to a woman online. We also see Frylock's braces here, which is the first time that we see them outside of the intro. But again, th this was cut, so we don't actually see it in the episode. So we're two episodes in so far. They've shown in the intro that he has braces, but they haven't shown them or addressed them yet, which is pretty interesting. Anyways, yeah, Frylock is meeting a woman online and he's lying about who he is, which is, you know, cut from this episode. And I think that's a good thing that it was, but it is touched on in later episodes where he will meet chicks online and lie about his, who he is, which, hey, back in the day, I think we all did it, right? I was I was just a kid and I'd be like, like 12 or some shit and be like, yeah, I'm 17. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Frylock is talking to a woman here who, who he thinks is a woman. The woman speaks in rhymes. But in the clip, we figure out it isn't actually a woman he's talking to. Obviously, it is the leprechaun. So, that, so instead of just sending out this spam email, like forward this to more people, come down to the park, they're taking a more personal approach initially. And they're targeting Frylock specifically. Dear Farah, my love for you has grown through these seven emails. I feel like I can be so honest and open with you. Do you feel the same? Sincerely, Steve the Human. Dear Steve, although I don't know anything about you, I love you with all my heart. 
And I am hot and good-looking. Wow, she really takes me. Frylock, find out what kind of acid dissolves meat. No, don't do that. Yes, Sweetwad, that's what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. Frylock, look it up on the internet. Shut up, Meatwad. And quit talking to that girl. Will you be quiet when I'm talking? You are soon to dissolve, my friend. <laughs> Today in the park, there is a bench. Meet me there. I'm a hot witch. <laughs> so yes, much longer intro scene. I honestly think it's a good scene, but again, makes sense why they cut it. It's not really necessary, and they reuse this idea later on. Visually, we do see Frylock's whole room here. And the thing is, I don't know if these were done after the fact, like after the full episode was done, they they had the voices for these. So they just threw together animation for something for the DVD or if these were actually produced at the time. I don't know that, unfortunately. But yeah, we see Frylock's full room as we're used to seeing it with his giant computer, the picture of him and Dr. Weird. What I like about this scene is we get a lot more of Frylock's personality. So far, Frylock is really dry. He's just a straight man who wants to investigate everything and always do right. Here we see, like, he, he is dishonest. He is lying to this woman online. He says his name is Steve the Human. But yeah, let, let's, let's continue to see what Steve the Human and this hot woman are talking about. Meet me there. Oh, I'm a hot wench. <laughs> Meet? But that would mean we'd have to see each other. With our human eyes, of course. Oh, Steve, don't be shy. I'd love you if you were a box of fries. Fries? Why would she say that? <laughs> Which I know you're not. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Remember, I am hot. <laughs> Remember, I am hot. We're soulmates. <laughs> I am definitely not a box of fries. But I'll meet you there. I am also hot as well. <laughs> What's going on in here? What are you doing in my house? Get him! Take him! Oh, Jesus! Off. Don't do that! Ow! No! Ow! Okay, at the end of that scene, it's revealed that the leprechauns are in Carl's house, which the interior is way different than we ever get to see. It's basically just a weird room filled with a strange, almost bad 3D poster of a woman in a bikini. I can't make out fully what it says. Um, it says ah at the top, like A-H-H-H dot dot dot. And then at the bottom, I can see Orida. I think it says Florida. So maybe it's supposed to be like a, a Florida promotional poster with some weird like bikini lady on the cover. I don't know. I assume it's probably like a in-joke between the creators. So I'm not going to dwell too much on it, but... Just really weird room that he's in. And then they beat him up. So yeah, Carl never goes down to get the uh, gold or anything like that. They're just in his house spying on Frylock while they're messaging him. And then they beat the shit out of Carl. So in this final clip from this take, this is all from the same like scene, obviously. Um, we have Frylock and Shake talking. Frylock is nervous about his upcoming date. And... Shake is saying that he'll help him out after ribbing on him for, for a little bit for being a, a hideous box of fries who spiders run from. So Shake just puts like a the werewolf mask on Frylock's face from the pool scene. And then he tells Meatwad to come over here. So this was all just a ploy to scare Meatwad, which Frylock is not happy that he was a part of. He didn't want to scare Meatwad. Eventually, they go into their living room and it's the old living room from the Rabot um, 
I guess, pre-pilot, which I will go over at some point. It's not their living room we'll see in later episodes. It's, it's still like an old living room that we've only seen in these deleted special features, basically. Uh, Frylock's personality here is a bit more reserved. It's kind of similar to his episode one personality. And there is a disconnect between his personality here and throughout the rest of this episode, like the proper episode. I guess the girl's name is Farah as an Overwatch player that uh, was exciting. And then last but not least, we get Shake saying dating is forbidden, which again was going to be his shtick. He was going to say things were forbidden, but they only included it in the first episode. So yeah, a lot of a lot of explanation of this clip, but it's kind of visual. There's kind of a lot of things going on in it, and I wanted to touch on those first so you're just not completely lost. She wants to meet me. What for? Is she starting a freak show or something? <laughs> what? You think my braces will turn her off? Yeah. That the fact that you're a hideous box of fries. I mean, spiders <laughs> run from you. You're so gross. Only I will make you look beautiful. I'm not sure about this, Shake. Are you kidding me? Women love a wild man with nostrils that are wrinkled and black. They love it. <laughs> they do? You can come out now, Meatwad. The moon is eclipsed. Well, sir. Come in here. Do it. No! Oh, no, Frylock has become the werewolf. Meatwad, wait. Away wait, wait look. He's it's right me. behind you. Come on back, buddy. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> You're really sick, Shake. You know that? I am the Lord of Illusions. I'm going to the park, and I'm going to meet Farah, whether you help me or not. You can't go out on a date. I'm going out on a date. With who? Okay, dating is forbidden. <laughs> so yeah, that is the first alternate take that is included. A lot going on there. Way different plot, basically, going on. I'd also like to point out that when we see Meatwad really quickly in his room... It is his old room from the Rabot episode, not the room that we see later on. So yeah, everything we've seen here suggests that, you know, obviously these were done early on because, you know, why would they go back and change the story drastically after it was done, of course. But it reminds me of a quote I've heard from Dave Willis in a few different places where he says that him and Matt knew how to make Space Ghost episodes they didn't know how to make normal tv episodes and yeah I, I don't mean like normal tv shows i just mean like anything that's not space ghost that wasn't that specific formula space ghost seemed like a fluid show to work on because you could repurpose the footage that you had to fit the narrative that you were coming up with and i think that's kind of what they tried to do here with these alternate takes and then you kind of see how they got their footing for what the episode ended up being so it seems like they didn't actually write it out beforehand. They kind of wrote as they went along. Per perhaps. I could be wrong about that. But um, yeah, Space Ghost is just a potentially looser show and allowed for more flexibility, I would think, while something like Aqua Teen didn't. And I'll touch on that a little bit more as we go on. But you can kind of see in these next few alternate takes how it doesn't match up with the episode ended up being. But you can see that they, uh, for a fact, we know that they produced the voice acting. I mean, I don't see them having gone back and done all this just for the sake of having additional footage on the DVD. So they really like started with a kind of a different idea entirely. All right, so let's head over to our second alternate take. This one also is quite long. This alternate scene takes place at the park, so directly after the previous scene, I suppose. And we have Meatwad in the man suit like before, but it, it wasn't Shake's idea. This is Frylock's idea. And Frylock puts the megaphone in Shake's head and he is going to use him to talk to Pharaoh when she comes to the park. 
So this to me makes a lot more sense than Shake just randomly using Meatwad to try and pick up chicks. And I know it's a nonsensical show. Uh, some people will probably think that I'm overanalyzing, but like even Shake admits that Meatwad is disgusting. So it doesn't make sense that he would think to use Meatwad to get chicks because he knows he's disgusting. He always calls him like a gross ball of meat. But yeah, in this scene, we're at the park and Frylock is coaching Meatwad on what to do. And Shake is just fucking ripping into him. Dating is still forbidden. Now, Meatwad, you don't say anything. And know your you own just body. smile and look your nice. Seed is corrupt. I'm going to do all the talking <laughs> through this little megaphone here. You might feel a little pressure. Ah, my there. Now, that wasn't so bad, was it? You're so handsome. Look at you. Yeah, look at you. You got an antler. It's an antler. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a fun hat. It's a fun hat. It's an antler. It's a fun hat. No, it's an antler. Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you tell her you were made of meat? Let's see how happy she is about that. I'd love to see it. I can picture it now. Happy Thanksgiving, Mom and Dad. Here's my boyfriend, and he's made of festering meat. Did you know he's soon to have maggots? <laughs> Give him a hug, Dad. Press your body against his, Mom. That's it! No, don't... Don't say any of that stuff, Meatwad. I want to go back to ball shape. I don't like being a man. Call her Sweetie and Baby Pie. No. Promise her many things. Deliver none of them! <laughs> Look at them with their meat mannequin. Ridiculous amateurs. Send out Farrah. <laughs> kind of confusing because Frylock is coaching Meatwad on what to say, but he also has the megaphone in his head for Frylock to talk out of, so I don't really know what's going on there. But yeah, we see that they're being spied on in the park by the leprechauns, like like what happened in the official episode with them looking at people through binoculars. So yeah, they say, bring out Farah, and we get to see this interaction now. Um, important in this clip is that somebody else is doing the voice of Frylock in some parts. I assume it's Dave Willis. Um, they probably just needed Carrie Means to record these parts, but obviously they, they never got around to it because these were not used in the official episode. So yeah, when you hear just like a voice you haven't heard yet, just randomly, it's supposed to be Frylock talking. Shh, I think that's her. Come on. Come on, Shake. What, I'm not doing anything, I'm just standing. Come on! Hey, how you doing? Well, hey there, how you doing? <laughs> I'm Meatwad. Farrah, Farrah, hey, hey, it's Steve, the human. Are you repulsed yet? <laughs> Shake, would you stop it? How's it going? Good, just fine. What's wrong with your head? My head. My head was crushed by a bear. Smell getting to you? Shut up, Shake. Do not pinch me. You look to me to be made of meat. I'm made of meat. I'm a talking meatball. Sweetie baby hotcakes. What, what sort of accident were you in? Shut up. She's beautiful. I didn't say anything. <clears throat> I'm asking questions. That's a lovely accent, Pharaoh. Yeah, what is it? Porpoise? It's French. French <laughs> and fry. Oh, yeah? Go ahead, ask me. I'll tell you why. French fry? Why would you say that, Pharaoh? Look, Steve, I need to leave. See, I was looking for a man made of, uh... French fries. <laughs> I want to go back to Balsa. Wait, Farah, I am made of fries. Oh, can you pick me up here? Uh, are you okay? <laughs> Wait a second. Okay, so Farah, I believe also voiced by Dave Willis, is like a coat rack with a mannequin head on it. And on the mannequin head are pencils, pens, and a paintbrush sticking out. Uh, all this is on a red wagon, and there's also a speaker on the red wagon. It looks nothing like a woman. <laughs> so very funny when Frylock's like, she's beautiful. And as you could hear, Farrah does fall down. Like, I guess there's too much uh, weight in the front. So the whole wagon falls forward, which doesn't make sense because the speaker is in the back and you would think the speaker would 
way more than this, but eh, maybe not. So just a really funny, like visually scene here with Meatwad who is stuffed into a man's suit with who is leaking grease and meat with a megaphone in his head, talking to Farah, who is, you know, a mannequin's head on, on a shoe rack uh, in a wagon. <laughs> it's just really, really bizarre. If you want to see a picture of this, I'll be posting it when this episode goes up on the Twitter page um, at Aquatine Pod. If you don't have the DVD and would like to see this little scene, at least a, at least a screenshot of it. Anyways, as for the plot, Farah is just saying like, "Oh, like you're a meat man. Well, I I want I want a man who's made of French fries," which doesn't you know it's it's never explained why that is. We don't know why Frylock is being selected specifically, especially since he's the most powerful like thing that we've really seen in the show so far why would anybody want to pick on him why not carl or shake or somebody else anyways last little clip from that um alternate scene is just frylock realizing like oh you're you're not a girl and like no it was a trick and we see it's actually dingle talking the uh the sexy leprechaun man he is much bigger. I guess he's like not supposed to be short like the other ones. He's like huge compared to them. And he is the one talking to the microphone. Now, as you know, in the final episode or the finalized episode, rather, he only ever said feet or no feet. But here he was actually like an actual character that did more than just turn on the the rainbow maker. Oh, also, Dingle says that his name is Merle. So this is supposed to be Merle in this, uh, who he's later named to, to Dingle in the in the official episode. You're not a real girl. Oh no, Fryman. My name's Merle. So you're not a chick? No. It's a trick. So yeah, they say it's a trick, and then a, a rainbow comes down, grabs Frylock, and then throws him into the woods. So it's Frylock that gets abducted in this one. Kind of confusing because when you when you see uh, Dingle talking, he's with Flargan and Merle, so... Like, they're both there by Frylock, so it's kind of confusing. Like, there's no rainbow maker there, so you don't really know what happens, like, why he gets captured. But anyways, the next alternate take here is, I assume this is after Meatwad's speech in the forest because he says, like, look, I made the rainbow. Um, And then the leprechauns are excited by that, and they walk into the rainbow and just get vaporized. It's a pretty short scene. Oh my god, y'all. Quick, run to it! Embrace its colors! It is scorching in here now. What is the deal? Dingle talking some more with like kind of a, a gay voice, I guess. Um, good decision to cut that, I think. It's just, I don't know, it's just not that funny. I think that his visual and him not really talking is way funnier than being like, oh my god, y'all. And reminder that this show was created in Georgia, so hence you'll see, you'll see some of that southernness shine through in the voices. But anyways, um, in the second part to th- to that scene, um, the rainbow actually came from a UFO. The UFO is operated by like chocolate unicorns, and they have Doctor Weird talking to them on their screen. See me, what? You didn't do Jack. Burn them! Burn them all! Oh, yeah! Let's go ahead and torch them, Donnie! Oh, my God. Run! Dr. Weird is apparently telling the unicorns to burn the Aquatines. So you see the rainbow kind of chase after them and they run away. So 
in these scenes, it seems like the rainbow can pick people up and move them around, but it can also like kill people and vaporize them. It's very strange. There's really not like a coherent idea here. Inside the UFO, the audio to me is reminiscent of Space Ghost with like a droning kind of like robotic sound in the background, which is something that's really cool about Space Ghost. Anywho, we are brought to our fourth and final alternate scene of Escape from Leprechaunopolis. It's just Shake and Meatwad back at Carl's house. Uh, Carl's house shown as the Rabot episode rendering the 3D version of it. And the house is cut in half. So instead of his house being ripped off by the leprechauns in the finalized episode, it was just cut in half from the rainbow since it's shown that in these alternate scenes that it can do stuff like that, I guess. Hey, Carl. Anything happened while we are gone? Oh, nothing much. I just got my face kicked in by little people and some rainbow thing just soared through my house. Well, that is something, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's something. And I know you know who did it. No. I'm the foggiest. I know who did it. Meatwad doesn't know anything. He's just a little guy with no brain. Carl, the pool. Wow, pretty messed up. Can we get in your bathtub? I'm going to kick your motherfucking ass. There you have it. All four alternate scenes discussed on top of the full Escape from Leprechaunopolis episode. Apologies if at any point I said Escape from Leprechaunopolis. That's what I thought it was called, but uh, I think I was okay. I think in the previous episode I messed up, though. But yeah, just... Just seeing these alternate scenes kind of gives you insight into the creation of the show a bit in terms of like Dave Willis saying they only knew how to make Space Ghost and they had to learn how to make Aqua Scene in a way. You can just kind of see the different directions they were all running with instead of having like a finished script. They knew what they were doing. They were being more freeform with it, which for Space Ghost might have worked out, but for a show like this probably wouldn't, you know? I also want to mention that Dave Willis tells the story of when they finished Rabot, they instantly started working on this episode, I assume. He just has the second episode. I assume it was this one. Without getting permission from Mike Lazo or Cartoon Network or anything like that. So he got, they got in a lot of trouble for that. And I assume that it was this episode because these alternate scenes we see are super, super reminiscent of the original cut of Rabot that we can see on the DVD. So I really think, yeah, that they just finished Rabot and they just started, they jumped right into this one without permission and got in a lot of trouble for it. It's really like a miracle that, that they didn't get canceled for that off of the network. Thank you guys for hanging in there. I can't believe it's over an hour of talking about an 11 minute show, but honestly, I'm having a blast making these episodes, really enjoying it. If you guys would like to reach out, if you just want to tell me what you think about this episode of Aqua Teen or this episode of the podcast or anything, you can check the show notes, but I'm on Twitter as at Aqua Teen Pod. You can check out our website, dancingisforbidden.com, which just has the podcast, really nothing crazy yet. Email me at dancingisforbiddenpod at gmail.com. You know, whatever you want, just reach out. Thank you guys for sticking through it. If you'd like to support the show, please, please, please leave a, a review, preferably a good review on, you know, iTunes, Google, wherever you listen. It would really help out the show. So I'm told. But yeah, see you guys next week here for season one, episode three, Bus of the Undead. And I'm excited for this one because I think this is kind of where Aqua Teen like really got its footing in terms of the show that it came to be. So yeah, guys, have a great week and talk to you soon. 
sing is forbidden.